welcome into the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. I'm Scott Agnes. My guest on this episode is former Pacer Jermaine O'Neal. He played with the franchise from 2000 to 2008. During that stretch, played his best basketball of his career. Ultimately played for seven seasons, but this is where he played his best basketball, earning the 2002 Most Improved Award, coming so close a few years later to the League MVP Award. He led the team to the conference finals into the 2003-2004 season, was a six-time All-Star. Jermaine was not a guy that went to college. He was drafted out of high school by the Portland Trailblazers, and it was there in Portland where he really set the foundation for what would become a terrific NBA career spanning more than a decade. Jermaine was in Indianapolis, one of many former Pacers to make the trip back to Indy to celebrate the 2000s decade. Guys like Jeff Foster, Al Harrington, Eddie Gill. This is a cool moment not only for fans, media too, but these guys, it's a time for them to be celebrated along with the franchise. Now, Danny Granger could not make it back, but he was the bobblehead giveaway as the franchise gave away a bobblehead of a significant player throughout the specific decade. And for the 2000s, it was Danny Granger. He was unable to make it back due to commitments with CBS Sports Network and their coverage ahead of the NCAA tournament. Jermaine is just 38, but he called it quits on his career about three years ago. And now his passion, number one, is his family, of course, but his business. He started Drive Ventures. He started Drive Nation Sports, a 90,000-square-foot youth training facility for basketball, football, volleyball, and more. It's on land that's at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, but he's really active with his kids, a son and a daughter. He's active with the youth and athletics, and he's also looking to get involved with Miles Turner and other professional athletes, help them where they can. Those two have plans to get together coming this summer. I'll tell you, this was a very fun conversation. We talked about why he didn't get into TV, how he feels about the draft rule, why being a dad is so important to him, some of his favorite memories from Indy, and also why he's working on a documentary about the brawl, why that is so important to him. And it's notable because he's not a guy that's been outspoken about it. He hasn't gone on national TV programs or done national interviews to discuss it. It's a dark cloud. It's a dark day, specifically for those guys involved. And he wants that to be understood. He wants their experiences and their details of the account from everyone's perspective to be shared. And I hope this is a documentary that does get greenlit and something that we can all take in and understand their perspective. Anyways, let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Jermaine O'Neal. All right, we're in the media interview room on the event level Banker's Life Fieldhouse, and sitting across from me is Jermaine O'Neal in town for the 2000 decades being celebrated a part of the franchise's 50th season. And Jermaine, this has been something what we've talked about for almost five months now, getting uh, in touch with you and having a podcast. I appreciate you joining me here, and let's get right to it because I know you have a busy schedule. Fans want to know, what are you up to? What are you getting involved with? Because you're not a guy like so many of your former teammates and former Pacers that has a platform that is on national television and has gotten into sports broadcasting. Right. You know, one of the things I started doing, uh, and it actually really started when I hurt my knee and started really understanding what the next step would be. And, you know, one of the stories that you always hear as a player is, is, you know, when you get done, you know, you just feel completely lost because you've been all your life, you've been driven to be an athlete. But at some point, being an athlete will stop, whether you want it to or not, it will stop. And so I started transitioning myself into, um, at the time it was restaurants. 
and that was the thing that really inspired me. Uh, and we just kind of just build it. You know, we built this portfolio of tech businesses, uh, restaurants, real estate deals. Uh, now I'm a developer. And that was one of the things that we wanted to do and just trying to figure out what that passion was um, and translate the passion that you have on the court to the business world. And that was something that really inspired me. And, man, we've been I've had my head down. Uh, you, you can probably Google whether it's restaurants, whether it's mm-hmm. you know tech stuff or whether it's development stuff and, and it'll pop up. How long did it take you to find another passion outside basketball or was this something that you had been thinking about or looking into maybe toward the latter stages of your playing days? Yeah, you know what? I, I would probably say, man, probably my Latin. Because my f- for some guys, that's a real challenge, and they might take 10, yeah, it really is. 10 a dozen years to try to find something. And I know the Players Association tries to help with that well, transition. Well, you know, one of the things that I realized, too, and now we have new leadership in, you know, in the Players Association, uh, at the time it wasn't that much leadership. And, you know, I figured and just listening and seeing some of the stories that was out there that, you know, I needed to my best years were probably behind me. You know, I was never going to be as fast, as athletic, uh, as explosive as I used to be because of the injury. And so what I needed to do is find something else that can that would inspire me and protect myself and my family and my future family, you know, moving forward. And I would probably say five years before uh, the last when was I retired three years ago. I would say five years before that, you know, I really started transitioning pretty heavy into it. And uh, it really was something I'm, you know, became very passionate about. A lot of guys, especially Pacers, it's crazy to see so many of them have a presence on TV. You're a thoughtful guy right. with lots to say. Did you ever consider that? You know, want to go against the, uh, the typical role that is given to players um, when they're done. And some of it is some people enjoy it. Some, some of it is that's, all, that's the only thing they can transition to. That's and for true. me, I wanted to be, I wanted to be as successful in in the business world. You know, one of the people that I had a, a great opportunity to sit down with probably about ten years ago was Magic Johnson, and he literally sat down and he opened up his entire portfolio and, and had a big a big board and thumbtacks and everything that he was in, and that was that really inspired me. And you know, one of the things I want to do is, you know, I have a before forty five plan. And I knew if I if I would reach those, I can't tell you what those plans are, but if okay. I was to reach those plans, I needed to put my head down and just really focus in on that. And uh, to me, I think when you're doing stuff, you don't need to be seen and heard all the time. And that's what I've been doing. I just have my head down and just really developing that portfolio the way uh, that I believe that my kids' kids will be proud of. You're here in Indianapolis as the Pacers celebrate their 50th season and part of that, the 2000s decade. Mm-hmm. He's played for seven different teams, but when you think about yourself in an NBA uniform, do you think of yourself in a Pacers uniform? Yeah, I mean... Is that what stands out to you yeah. more than anything? I think, if, like I, I said earlier in, in the previous interview outside, is that people, that's the only place they recognize me. You know, the, you know people don't even realize Portland Trailblazers drafted me. And that's, that's, that's the crazy thing. You know, and that's... That's no shot to the Portland Trailblazers. They were fantastic. You know, they kind of got the batter, you know, you know, ingredients and stuff and started mixing that batter. And then I was able to bake it here and deliver it. Um, and but I, I think the thing that's more special here is that I got I got an opportunity as a young man to learn on the job. And again, sometimes that is the toughest way to learn because it's going to be some failing parts of it. Um but at the same time, I got a, a chance to establish myself in a way that I can go anywhere in the country and outside of the country 
and be recognized because of the base that uh, the Indiana Pacers family extended to me, uh, because of the support that the city and the state gave me. um, That type of stuff, man, you just you just never forget. You had your best years here, 2002 most improved player. A couple years later, I think runner up, third place for the MVP. Should have won it. Should have won it that year, right? Yeah, six sixty four games that year, and it was. But it was, you know, it, it, it still was, let you touch it. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's memories that I can tell my son about. It's memories that I can tell kids that I I mentor about um, the opportunity to be able to translate from the game to this. Is it was built and made here. And you talk about your kids. You have two of them. Jermaine Jr. is a fourth grader, and I thought it was a pretty cool tweet. I think it was like 200 days ago, but I kept mm-hmm. this in my mind for whenever we finally sat down. I thought it was a cool picture. I think it was your son in fourth grade outside school. He was dressed like you. Right. He had to find somebody in a magazine, and he found you on the cover of ESPN the magazine. Right. Man, that, that moment for you to see that, that had to be awfully special. And you said what you're most proud of is being a Hall of Fame dad. Forget everything else. Right. You know what? I I fought with my wife about this because I didn't want to name him after me because I I wanted him to develop his own identity and and go down his own road. Uh, But the more and more that I, you know, that I talked to him and he said, hey, look, dad, I just want to be just like you. And that, you know, that for me to 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 hear that and, you know, for myself personally, not to have met my dad until I was 30. And here you're, you know, your 10 year old at the time, probably you first said he was seven. That meant a lot to me. That meant a lot to me, and that it made me feel like I was doing something right, you know. And not only for my son, but other people that, other kids that I I come in contact with and that I mentor, being able to give them a vision, you know, that they can go accomplish and and not only accomplish but be better, you know. That's the one thing that we we you know that we really preach. Uh, obviously, from my daughter' perspective, she was there from day one uh, when I got here. Uh, very proud of her. She. She was up for National Gatorade Player of the Year uh, in volleyball this year. She just uh, uh, committed to go to the University of Texas, which is big time for us. That's outstanding. Uh, in many ways, because she now becomes the first O'Neal to go to college. So you know, yep. these, these are things that are pretty fantastic to me that are, are you know, monument type of you know, scenarios for me and my family. And um, I'm just enjoying it every moment. How much did you consider going to college, if, if at all? Was it a real possibility, or did you realize what you could do in the NBA and get drafted? It was a real possibility, you know. And it's funny if you ever get if you ever uh, come in contact with, with Coach uh, Patino. Uh, if I don't went to school, I don't went. To, I don't went uh, to Kentucky. Um, but you know, we had a conversation one day at, at my at my house with my mother, and he said, "Look, he said, son, you know, we would love to have you." He said, "But you know, just knowing you, how I know you, knowing your family, how I know your family." Uh, it's probably best that you go to uh, to the NBA, and that was kind of like the icing on the cake because the person with his—I mean, he had—he had recently been in the NBA. His circle was pretty dynamic in many ways, and he was an iconic college coach. He said, "Look, you know, if you choose to come with us, we want you." You know, yeah. they've been—they he took all the, all the visits. It was him, not the assistant coaches. Um, but it was just, to me, I always look for signs. I think God shows us, you know, in many ways, you know, what He wants us to do. All we got to do is evaluate it, understand it, and make educated decisions. And if we can do that, typically we're going to go in the right way. How do you feel now then about the rule and the experience you had and now kids aren't allowed to do that? I'm certainly a proponent of either go or you wait three years. But right. I think it, it puts both sides in a tough situation where you could go after one, go after two. But why restrict guys like yourself, right. like others, if you can go make 
a living and set yourself and your family up, why restrict that? Well, you know, one of the things that I didn't necessarily understand about the process was, you know, one, we are allowed to go to a military war yep. at 18 with little to no experience, less than a year experience. Um, but you mean to tell me you cannot allow a kid to go play basketball for entertainment. Basketball, football, baseball, it's all entertainment. To me, that's unconstitutional. You know, It doesn't give us the right to choose the way that we want to make a living, which in our constitution, it states that. Um, but most importantly, I think, you know, you know, people always try to say, okay, well, this, this kid didn't make it, that kid didn't make it. But I'm sure you can say that about some of those iconic universities, the Kansas, the Dukes, the, the, the North Carolinas, the kids that have went to college for multiple years and just didn't make the transition. You know, for us, I think one thing I love and admire about Portland, when I got there, they were fully prepared for a 17-year-old kid. Fully okay. had a system in place, Good. mentorship, uh, had a psychiatrist. I mean, they were fully prepared. When you're talking about millions of dollars in investments that these teams are putting into these, these players, to me, that's what you do to protect the investment. You know, don't say, okay, well, I'm going to draft this kid because it's gonna be, he's going to be like that kid or that, that player. That doesn't do him any justice. Say, look, I'm going to draft this kid because we believe he can be really good and we can do everything we can to put a system in place to make sure that the transition happens. So I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I think, you know, college is good for, you know, certain people. I, you know, the, the background, you know, the environments that these kids are growing up in. I know firsthand because I'm dealing with a lot of amateurs now. One of my businesses, one of, one of the, uh, the business that I'm doing from, from a development standpoint deals with a lot of kids. And some of these kids are in extraordinarily, extraordinary situations. I mean, it's, in, it's incredible. And so we can't, we, we can't say that this situation is best or fits everybody because it just doesn't. I think everybody should have an option on what they want to do. The teams from a pro level need to do a better job on putting in systems to make sure that that transition happens. Having that structure in place that supports that. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge, yeah. Absolutely. Now in the business world and having started Drive Ventures, did you ever give it in consideration to going to college and thinking that it may help your business mindset or thinking for future decisions? Uh, no, because I, am, I, take, I take almost every meeting that I need to take. Um, I ask a lot of questions. You know, I'm not afraid to be the guy in the room with 30 that say, hey, you know, could you could you please explain to me what that means or write it down. If I hear something that I don't understand or may not know of, write it down. So I do my own research Uh, again. I feel like I I personally work better on the job. Now, what I will do is a part of the team scenario that I've been raised to be a part of throughout my life as an athlete. I take that same dynamics into the business world. You know, I know what I'm really good at. I know what I need to surround myself around, uh, you know, around me with, and that's how we've been successful. You know, we reach out and we say, look, you know, what do you think about this? You know, you want to be a part of this? You know, what is your vision about something? And um, I've never really thought about going back. A lot of my f- business partners, I have some, I have probably f- four business partners that have net worths over a billion dollars. Okay. And some of the conversations we've had, and two of them actually dropped out of college. We look at some of them, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not by any means saying that college isn't right. It just wasn't right for me, mm-hmm. you know, and it may yeah. not be right for other people. 
but it's also fantastic for other people. Like my daughter, it's going to be fantastic for her because she wants to she wants to get a you know business degree, a business management degree. Um, but it's just the feel. It's the fit and the feel for everybody. Absolutely. I got to ask you, going back way back to your playing days, was your first business venture in Broad Ripple Club? Was it Club Seven? <laughs> I know this is going way back. Is that fair? You know what? Is that accurate? I wouldn't call it a business venture. I call it it was a it was it was a it was a, a business outlet. Some I don't know if that's even a scenario or word, but it was something that we just I just did for fun. You know, had a couple I had two other partners and we talked about it. Say, look, you know, it'd be fun to bring something new to the area. Uh, obviously, you know, any any bar club business is, is difficult. To, That's tough. That's a know, tough one. Yeah, Everyone you, wants it until you own it. You're right. You're right. And then, you know, it can only, it only has a certain uh, shelf life, you know, after three years, you gotta, you gotta go change it and right. you know, refresh it, change the name and everything. So that, that, that wasn't the first one. Uh, my first one was uh, getting into a development, um, a winery development, taking it from a two star uh, to five star development. Uh, didn't know a lot about it. It was kind of, you know, Hey, you know, here's the deal. Help me understand the deal. Invest some money. Not doing the real day-to-day stuff. Like now, I'd sign off on everything. So um, that was probably my second one, though. <laughs> You're smiling yeah. big during this. A lot of memories come back to that one, I'm sure, right? Right. Another tweet that you sent out that was notable, certainly, was a, a Dallas guy, Miles Turner, that you'd right. like to work with him. Do you guys have a relationship at this point, or is it kind of – a little bit of communication for potential work this summer. Well, we've talked, we've talked, we've talked uh, offline. I think, um, I think he's right there. You know, it's, it's three, it's three guys that I think he should be. You know, growing through, you know, growing up and as as a young athlete, I, I picked guys that I felt like was the level that I wanted to be on. You know, I, I liked everything about their games, and I just said, look, the, I, I just got to try to reach that level. And I think for him, the Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, the Joe Embiid kid um, and Anthony Davis kid are really in his area. He's he's just a little bit behind in development, but he's already shooting a three ball. You know, technique on post play is probably easier to learn than actually extending your game to the three point line. So one of the things we, we it's going to be some subtle things that he mid post face up go. Uh, you know, when you get somebody on the box that you can just punish, be able to do that as well. And then if you want to take him outside. You beat him up outside too, as well. But right now, when you become solely a three-point shooter, you know it's going to be this is a long season. Legs get tired, that shot gets short. So we want to be able to add that part. I told him today when I saw him at the shoot around, hey, look, you know, if you're ready to work, I'm gonna be there. And so he has my number. You know, when he gets home, all you got to do is reach out to me. Yeah, and he does a lot for that area. I know you're short on time. I want to leave it to you. Anything you want to say to the fans? Anything you want to leave it with uh, for those listening? Well, you know, I think um, you know my love for the city and his organization has not wavered and through the process. You know, I know it was a time that, um, that, you know, we talked a little bit in my last interviews about the brawl and, and, you know, and, and that situation. And I think everybody that was involved with that, uh, truthfully believes that, uh, that entire situation was regretful. Um, for me, uh, I do believe, you know, like I told you outside is that, you know, I don't really, I don't speak about it publicly. I don't go to ESPN and, and TNT and all these other places that wants to celebrate it every year and talk about it because I know what it what it did beyond the court. And this is important. I think this is where some some of the fans feels it um, is what it did to a team 
that was projected to be the first team to win it all for a Pacer. You know, for you're headed that way, man. Yeah, and so that part I I get. Um, One of the things that you know, like I said, I think is important too for uh, the fans. You know, sometimes you know when you are a leader of a team, you are put in a position to make decisions. And again, what everybody was has was was taught to see on television was one thing right and it was important for me to say to the media outside and also say to you now is that again one i wish that we were never even in that position which we should have never even been in that position yeah two is everything that i did i have at that that particular time to this day i have no regret about that and the reason why I said that is because if everybody got an opportunity to really see what happened, then they understand. And we might get that chance. Yeah, you might get that. I'm, I'm, I'm working on the film now. Um, you know, again, I think it's important for people if they really want to understand the situation, just do some research. Again, I, like I told you guys, you didn't, you guys didn't even know that I took the NBA to federal court and won. It's the reason why I came back and got reinstated, the highest court in the, in, in the country, and because they had an opportunity, they forced the NBA to open up all 26 camera angles to see everything that played up to that point. And one of the things that I got to say and in closing is when you put in position to one, be a leader, put in a position to make a decision. And sometimes those decisions are in a matter of seconds. One of the things that I told the prosecutor and told the federal judge, uh, when the prosecutor asked me, if I was ever put in that position again, what would I do? And I said to him, I said, look, I would do the exact same thing. I said, now let me ask you a question. You see all of these, all these camera angles. What if one of those chairs hit me in my head and killed me? Would you told, would you, would you been the person to go tell my kids and my, and my wife that their dad is no longer here because some, some idiot chose to, to, to storm the floors with chairs. But again, I never thought enough to speak about that because that part didn't even necessarily matter to me. But for some reason, every year this conversation comes up again and again and again. And there's this crazy anniversary about the brawl and, you know, talk about it. And I just want to I want to be able to tell a story. One reason why I'm, I want to do the film. I'm doing the film. Uh, and two, I think it's important for this fan base to understand my view, my view. Not another teammate, not anybody else, my view of it in a way that it tells it to the detail on what this actually really did. This was, this was a monster of a situation that I think everybody hate that it happened. And, you know, at this point, you know, we are 11, 12 years removed from it. You know, let's let's let it go. Let's tell the story, and let it go and move on. And but most importantly, I appreciate everybody that who's had a hand in on my development. Whether you like me, love me, or hate me, it has it has taught me very valuable things. You know, um, I am I am much different in many ways now than I was when I was here, and a lot of that is because I've been able to learn on the job uh, in a way where the things that I failed at and the things that I did really well and was successful at, I was able to put it all in, into one into one solution now and become a better person today. My relationship with the city is always going to be that way. I feel I feel right at home every time I come back here. When I'm walking, people show a lot of love. That's cool. 
So I enjoyed this. I appreciate, I want to say thank you to um, the Simon family, the Pace organizations for doing this uh, 50th. I think we should do this a lot more. Um, it's great to send the people uh, that's in the building and outside the building. I appreciate the time. I told you months ago I wanted to get you on here and let you talk unfiltered right. about so many different things. So I appreciate you making it back to Indy and enjoy the rest of your night. I will. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jermaine for taking time out of his busy schedule to sit down with me for this podcast interview. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, and more. If you have a few minutes, please leave a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again for listening.